Welcome to Tip of the Spear, powered by U Mortgage. This podcast is all about uncovering the truth behind VA loans for our nation's military service members and for veterans by VA loan experts themselves. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, the Senior Learning Specialist here at U Mortgage and a veteran myself, having served six years with the U.S. Army. Join me every Wednesday and Saturday to learn from mortgage loan originators who specialize in veteran loans about how you can maximize your military benefits and make your dreams of home ownership become a reality. Welcome to Tip of the Spear, a podcast with mortgage loan officers who are on a mission to advocate for veterans and for active duty service members, and really just protect them from some predatory mortgage lenders out there. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, here today again with Tyler Carlson out of San Antonio, Texas, who's going to be talking with me a little bit about what a VA loan offer should look like prior to it being submitted to the seller's real estate agent. Tyler, my friend, it is great to have you back on another episode. How are we feeling today? Dude, I'm pumped up. This is like part two to the the episode I did earlier of, of how to get offers accepted. So this is basically just diving in deep to it's pretty much this is the secret sauce. This is how you're going to get your VA home loan offer accepted. And this is just when you combine both videos and just take notes and, and implement on everything that we're going to lay out. Like this is why I win so much and I'm going to give it all out to everybody today. Well, let's get right into it. All right. So what can a borrower, veteran, active duty service member, what can they do to help the loan officer like yourself make sure that their offer gets accepted? Gotcha. So the first thing that I, I mean, so in any of my transactions, the first thing I'm always doing as a loan officer is I'm on the phone with the listing agent. And so everybody that's selling a home is going to have different needs. They have different things that they're looking for in an offer, right? I mean, some people are, the house is already vacant. They're just looking to get their cash as quick as possible. Some people are going to be moving in two months and are going to need like a free lease back or something. And so you just have to find out what the listing agent, the sellers are wanting and pretty much tailor your offer to to that pretty much because if you give them exactly what they're looking for and make them super confident about accepting it there's the, the chance of you losing is very low now this is where a lot of people and a lot of lenders lack is they don't dive into the situation enough right so if you don't do any digging and don't find out that oh the the house needs a free lease back for 2 months and you go and and do a like a a super long close that might not work and so you need to find you need to find a lender that is willing to do all that effort that I had mentioned in the previous episode. You just need to go through and vet your your agent and your loan officer, right? So they're going to be a big part in making sure that you get an offer accepted. Because in this market, you need the A team, you need the best of the best, and so that's that's really where it comes in. And so to give you some ideas, like when someone goes through in a seller right now, we're dealing with one, the house is completely vacant. Right. So nobody's living there. They're, the seller is looking, the seller's already moved out. They're in some temporary housing right now, but the house is contingent. The sale is contingent on the purchase of their new home. So they need to sell this one and then in order to buy their new one. And so to get out of that temporary housing, everything needs to line up perfectly. And so, for example, these sellers, the house is vacant. They need this to close to buy their new one. Guess what? They're looking for the quickest, fastest close possible. 
And so what we ended up offering is a 21 day or less close when everybody else was offering 30 day closes. And so again, that put our offer right at the top of the stack because again, we tailored our offer to exactly what the sellers were looking for. That's really, really interesting. So I do want to back up to something you said a few minutes ago and kind of unpack it a little bit. Go for it. It was like a like a rent contingent or rent something. Lease back. That, can you explain that a little bit? What is it, a rent lease back? What is that called? Gotcha. So it's became a lot more popular um, lately, um, just due with, with how crazy the market is. And so basically a lot of sellers are just scared. A lot of people who are thinking about selling are like, oh, I'm going to have nowhere to go. And so a lot of the times what they're doing is they'll put their house on the market. They'll close in, in 30 days, but then they're going to get a free lease back to where they'll be tenants of the, the rent, like pretty much renting the house. Now you can charge for this, uh, but anytime I've ever been involved with it, we've just offered it for free just to, again, just be more competitive. And so basically the, the people who own the house prior get to stay in the house for however long you agreed upon. It could be two extra weeks. It could be an extra month. It could be two months. But this just gives them time to where, okay, they've already got their check from closing. They've already cashed out. They have money in their pocket to go. The mortgage is off their credit. Now they can go out and buy a house. And so basically what that, like I said, it's been popping up a lot more just with how competitive the market is. But it's basically just when sellers are wanting more time to to try to find something else. Yeah, so it, that's that's kind of a cool option. I didn't even know that existed. So it, it allows people selling a house to, hey, I need to stay in here for three more weeks, two more weeks, whatever that is, because there's just so few houses for sale out there right now. Yep. I need the extra time to actually just find something when it pops up. Right? That's basically the idea. Yeah, exactly. And again, not everybody's wanting this. So again, this is just, you have to dive in and see what the seller's situation is. I mean, shoot, they might've already bought their other house and they don't need it. Um, or maybe it's uh, like an investment property and the sellers are, again, they don't need it because it's it was a prior investment property. So the okay. sellers are investors just looking to cash out. So that's where your loan officer and agent have to step in and just really find out what the sellers are looking to do. All right. So, so I love that, you know, the research side of this is so, so big. And, and we've talked about that on a couple of our episodes together. So what can specifically the borrower do, right? You know, our veteran, the person who's buying the house, how can they help the LO or their buyer's real estate agent, realtor, how can they help do some of that research? Can they go to any particular websites, you know, to kind of, to find out more about the sellers? Is there anything that they can do on their end to help make sure that the transaction goes through? So the only thing the borrowers can do to, to really help is just to be upfront as possible, right? So us as lenders, we don't want to know, like we don't want any surprises. So just if we ask for something, basically get us what we ask for because we're asking for it for a reason. And another thing too, I see a lot of people do this is, so for example, on all of our offers, we always list the assets available. So that way, if for some reason, if the appraisal comes in low, the listing agent knows, hey, these people have 50 grand saved up in, in their bank account ready to spend to cover the like the gap in the appraisal. And again, this isn't for every single client, but we do like to list assets available. And so what a lot of people do is they're not going to, maybe they didn't mention a retirement account that they have 200 grand in, or maybe they have a hundred grand in stocks that they didn't mention. So, I mean, just being as open as possible to your loan officer is going to allow me to go through and structure everything fully. Because if I see a 400 grand in assets, 
best believe I'm going to use that to my advantage when we're going through submitting offers, because now you're a heck of a lot stronger than if somebody was just, just had enough for closing costs. So again, the, the one thing that the you as the buyer can do is just make sure that if your loan officer asks you for something, you get it and just be upfront about everything because we're going to see everything regardless. I mean, so there, there's no point in trying to hide anything and just giving us as much information as possible allows us to structure everything so that way we can do our job the best. Yeah, I really like that advice. Even if you think it wouldn't matter, you know, even if you've got a 401k account with $2,000 in it, you know, like something like that, tell your loan yeah. officer about all of it. Because as we kind of just alluded to a minute ago, this market is moving very fast right now. It's hard Houses are disappearing very quickly as soon as they go on the market. So what you're doing by giving your loan officer like yourself all of the information, even something that has a, a bank account that has a small amount of money in it, you're like, oh, it's so small. It's insignificant. I'm not even going to bother mentioning it. Well, no, if you tell them about it, right, when you, Tyler, learn that, oh, by the way, the appraisal wasn't where we thought it was going to be, it just gives you options to be able to go to the seller's agent and say, look, actually, we can make this happen still because there are options that, uh, that you know, because I know information that... Uh, we'll make sure that this deal does actually go through. Exactly. Am I, am I and, kind of following and, through there correctly? Yeah, exactly. And it's okay. not like we need to submit everything to underwriting. Like, And this is one thing that we'll do as we structure the file and we get under contract and submit all the documents into underwriting. If we don't need it, we're not going to submit it. So like, if you have enough money in your checking account to cover the all the like closing costs and down payment yeah. if needed and all that stuff, I'm not going to submit your 200 grand 401k to underwriting because... Like I said, they don't, that's just going to be extra paperwork and extra stuff for them to look at. So it's not necessary. So even if you tell us about it, again, it's just a, to give you an idea, it's basically giving us the ammunition that we need to go through and, and get this done for you guys. So that's a big thing. It's just making sure that if we ask for it, get it to us and give us, be an open book because that allows us to do our job the best. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, more or less, just, just give the yellow the options, right? Give them options, right? You've got, you've always got a primary plan, have a backup plan, have a, have a tertiary plan, right? Just give your LO those options so exactly. that way they can move if they need to. So yeah. love that. Yeah. I love and, that. The, and the other thing too that I want to dive into is just, even though this isn't really the, the borrower's job to make sure that the offer is structured correctly, I'll just, do you want me to dive into some things I've been seeing that's been working for me personally? Please, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So one of the big things, obviously, like I said, it just, like I mentioned last video, it comes down to education, right? So you need to make sure the listing agent is educated on the process. If they know how smooth the VA loan is going to go with your lender, then chances of them saying, no, I'm not going to accept it because it's a VA loan is very slim. So that's, that's priority number one, education. Now, when it comes to getting in and writing the contract, when you're making an offer on the property, this is where your agent and lender are going to, to brainstorm and come up with an idea. Now, I have heard I've had some situations where the agent tries to just go ahead and just write what they think will work. But the lender plays a huge part in this, too, because there's been a lot of times where I've pitched in an idea and it ended up being the tipping point of why our offer was to get accepted. So, I mean, a lot of the times when you're going through with lenders, they're going to do just like a standard 30 to 45 day close. Now, one thing you always want to ask your lender is, hey, how quick do you normally close? So again, this is just in the vetting process. When you're going yeah, through picking yeah. a lender, go through, ask them, like, how quickly can you close? Because in certain situations, if you can close a week before everyone else that's making an offer, that's going to make your contract a lot, your offer a lot stronger. 
And so, for example, all of my contracts, we had the best team in the country. So I know we're going to get to the finish line as fast as possible. All of my contracts, if it's a clean file, are 21 days or less. Now, we're usually we're able to close usually a little bit earlier than that. And there are other lenders out there that can also close that fast, but their contracts say 30 days. And so by us going and putting it in stone that it's 21 days or less, that's putting that pretty much we have to hit this date. Like there's no lollygag and there's no or anything that we can do. So we it puts pressure on us to perform. And like I said, that's the big thing. One of the things is just making sure that your lender can close quickly is going to be a huge advantage for you in this market. Um up next is just going ahead and seeing if the, the sellers need a lease back, right? So if okay. if they do need one, offer it for free if that's possible because your mortgage payments don't start happening right away. So if you close today on June 2nd, your first payment isn't due July 1st. Your first payment's due August 1st. So, I mean, you could technically do a free lease back all the way until August and not, uh, not make any payments on the house. So it doesn't really impact you too much to do that if – of course, everybody's situation allows to do it. A free lease back is a very strong add to an offer. Um, then going into it next, and this is all area dependent, but down here in San Antonio, most of the time, most buyers go through and put 1% earnest money deposit down. Now, this all this earnest money gets applied to your closing costs. So it's not like you, you're um, not going to see it go to anything. So it gets applied to closing costs because it gets held in escrow until until closing. And so one of the things that we've been doing to set our offer apart, if available, if the client has the funds to, we're doing a 2% earnest money deposit. Um, so that just, again, sets our offer apart. And then lastly, this is where I defer to the agent mostly is how much over asking should we offer? Now, this market is cooling down a bit. There's a little bit less competition, but you still mostly have to do an above asking offer if you want to win. Now, you don't want to go make some crazy offer where it's not going to appraise and then you're just wasting time and money on the inspections and stuff. So this is where the agent's going to do their, their due diligence and make sure that the comps support the offer price. And so what I've been seeing is even if let's say a house, if the comps are at 350 and you offer 360, Oh, wait, Most Tyler, of the real time, quick, real quick. What's, what's a comp again? Remind me comparable of that. Comparable sales. So what that is, is recent sales in the area of the same size house in oh, the same right. area as you. So that's what you. appraisers use to judge the value of the house. And so let's say, for example, the house is, is listed at 350. If you want to go ahead and, and offer 360, but the comps are only showing sales of 350, this market's moving very fast and the VA appraisers are moving along with it. So in my experience, what I've seen is even if the comps are even if the comps aren't quite at what you're offering, but it's close, the appraiser most of the time has just been giving us the contract price for the appraisal. Uh, so being afraid like to offer over is not usually an issue too much. But again, this is where you defer to the agent. I don't have access to look at comps as a lender. Right. This is where the agent steps in and says, hey, this is what's been selling in the area for this price. This is what I think we go in at. Because if you make a 50 grand above asking offer and it appraises for only 10 grand over, that 40 grand difference, you're going to have to come up with out of pocket or the sellers are going to um, have to lower their sales price. And they're not going to be too happy about that. And that could cost you the deal. All right. All right. No. Well, well, Tyler, as always, so much great in-depth information and, and just arming our, our vets, our, our military service members with that educational piece so that they know how to go into these, you know, with all with all the ammunition that they need uh, under their belt, which is great. So 
Thanks again so much, Tyler, for, for doing another episode with me here. Where can our listeners and our watchers uh, find you if they want to reach out to you and ask any more questions about VA mortgages? Gotcha. So I'm pretty easy to find online. I mean, you can find me on Facebook. Just search my name, Tyler Carlson. Find me on LinkedIn. You mortgage website um, is, is very easy to find my information if you want to find me. You could also find me on social media and at TikTok and Instagram at VA Loan King is, are my handles. And yeah, just feel free to reach out if you have any questions and even if I'm not able to help you, I'm still going to help you. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get you taken care of. I appreciate that, right? Because because even if someone's, you know, not, you're, you're licensed in which which states are you? Texas, right now? Colorado, and Florida. But you mortgage is licensed in 40 something states. And so even if I can't help personally, I'm more than happy to jump on any sort of phone calls and just educate you. And if I know somebody that's going to be able to, to do a good job, just like I am, I'm going to make a referral for you and make the process easy. Love hearing that, Tyler. Love hearing that. Well, again, thanks so much for joining me, and I'm looking forward to having you back on another episode of Tip of the Spear. Awesome, Dave. Appreciate the opportunity.